everyone. It's Chet Gray with Christian Hunters of America podcast. We are going to have a great episode today. We're switching it up. Normally we have archery and hunting and, and whatnot. We have Seth and his son Wyatt in the studio today. We're going to be talking with both of them about bass fishing and specifically the Junior Bass Masters program that's here in Arizona. They travel all over the state and all over the country uh, representing different organizations and representing their team. So stay tuned while we speak with Seth and Wyatt about Junior Bassmasters. Hello everyone, this is Chet Gray with Christian Hunters of America. We are in studio today with my co-host Mike. How are you? Doing fantastic. Hello everybody. All right, we have Seth and Wyatt in studio today. They are going to be here speaking and representing Junior Bassmasters. How are you guys? Good. Doing, doing great? Yeah, doing good. How old are you, Wyatt? Um, 12. 12. Are you going into sixth grade, or are you going to be... Did you just finish sixth grade and going I just in, finished sixth grade. I'm going, going into seventh. Going to big and, seventh grade. Seventh and eighth, yeah. All right. Well, Seth and Wyatt, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves, what you got you in, involved in Junior Bassmasters and what got you into fishing and enjoying the great outdoors? Well, I was really young, and my dad started me on fishing, and it was amazing because he taught me everything I know right now, and I could not have done it without him. And as soon as January hit, when it was, when it was still owned by Charlie and Dina, we actually got into the junior Phoenix Junior Bassmasters and they were going to leave cuz Nico who's their son actually got a scholarship to go fish for a team in Bethel University. Yeah, Bethel University. And where is that at? Tennessee. Tennessee, good fishing out in Tennessee, right? Yeah. yeah. Have you been out there and fished before? Yeah, I went to the B- BASS Nationals B we kind of qualified through an open, but not really. Right. <laughs> no right. one showed up, so we just got defaulted. Yeah, so they got a, they got an invite. Basically, they were going to head up to Lake Shasta in Northern California, um, and they were the only team to, to sign up. So there wasn't a whole, not a ton of West Coast presence for BASS and uh, more of TBF affiliation. Yeah. We always got to represent the West Coast, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, they Bass does a great job with that. Uh, we sent another team last year, and if you look on the Bassmasters page, they're still in the, the limelight uh, posted on their big junior page. Awesome. Seth, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your upbringing, how you got involved in outdoors, and what made you want to bring your son into uh, into junior Bassmasters? Yeah, it's, it's kind of awesome. Uh I grew up with a, a single mom, so I didn't get a ton of exposure. Um, I met my wife, and her family was big into fishing, and her brother was big into fishing, and so I started fishing local tournaments with uh, her brother, Chris. And, uh, you know, life happens. We got married, had kids, and, you know, money kind of gets tightened up. So got out of that game a little bit, uh, and then we found the Phoenix Junior Bassmasters. You had to be eight years old to start fishing, so we had him going to the meetings at seven, and then as soon as he was eligible – uh, locked him in, uh, and then he was able to participate for a couple of years, and then we ended up getting the reins handed over to us. Uh, we started up the nonprofit, and it, it's been blowing up ever since. Uh, we have some exciting opportunities in the next, uh, actually this next season for 2021 and 2022. We're actually going to bring a West Coast championship to the game. 
with Wild West Bass Youth Series, and they're going to do a $5,000 scholarship for each first place junior team and a high school team. So Fantastic. we have juniors and high school uh, both affiliated with Phoenix Junior Bassmasters now. Wow. How, how, how far do you see yourself taking this? Are you going to ride it out and hopefully get a scholarship to college one yeah. day? So hopefully I will and eventually get really good at it. And then I might go pro, maybe. Nice. You got you to gotta dream big, right? Yep. Don't. Exactly. So what's, what's the one thing you think that it's going to take to become a pro that you learned so far? What is the one thing that stands out? Focus and confidence. It's all... It's all a mental game. If you're not on your best mental game, there's no way you're going to catch enough fish. And that's almost like in every walk of life, isn't it? Right. For sure. So you got the focus, you got the mental side, you got the confidence. Mm -hmm. Then you show up at, let's say, Lake Pleasant or Bartlett or Roosevelt or Lake Havasu, or you go mm -hmm. to Lake Shasta. Yeah. But now I just open this tackle box, and there's all this crazy color stuff and different things with sharp things on it. So how do you determine what you're going to use? Because I have confidence. I know I'm going to win it. But maybe the fish likes a certain thing in that lake. So how does that work out? Well, I kind of usually go pre-fishing for about in about a week advance to the lake, and I just try pretty much everything. We go from morning till about four or five in the evening, and that gives us enough time to try each and every bay in a lot of different spots that we know that will possibly have fish. And we try to break down the water as we're breaking down the baits. Man, that's a lot of stuff. And you can stay awake and be dedicated that long on a boat in the yeah. hot sun, even when it's 115 yeah. degrees outside like right now? Not right now. No. Right now? Okay. There's no way. <laughs> no way. Yeah, bring the swim trunks. Yeah. Absolutely. So <laughs> so let's say there's some kids that are going into junior high you're going to meet, and they never fish. So what would you tell a new friend that you just made at school in junior high why you fish and why they should maybe come and try to join you and learn how this fishing is? What well, is the joy and the excitement that, that you enjoy from it? Well, I enjoy having fun, and I get to meet new people almost every single year. This year we had a huge turnout. We almost doubled in size, which is a, insane. And it's just communication, and if you make a friend, just tell them about it. Have fun. If Don't pressure them too much, because if you overpressure them, they're not going to want to do it. Exactly. Well, you, I'll tell you what, you got a lot of wisdom for a young lad. You're doing yeah, really well. It's, it's kind of crazy. You know, he kind of highlighted it there a little bit. But what we see, and I'd imagine it's similar with the hunting community, that uh, the adults are more than willing to help out the younger generation. Um, probably one of Wyatt's best friends has uh, just turned 60. Uh, he's a boat mechanic that we follow with Wild West. And um, just an awesome group of people, uh, the adult anglers, the guides, the pros, they're always willing to hand out baits and give tips, uh, as, as I'm sure you guys do when you're out and hunting and you guys do your, do your expos and, and your youth, youth events. Yep, absolutely. And, and really, that's why we do it, is because we got to bring the next generation, you know, kids like Wyatt and all the other kids of the joy and the excitement of the outdoors because it's so easy to get locked into a video game or playing on your phone, which I'm right. sure you're guilty, right? Yeah, it's easy to bit. do. Oh, yeah, bit. we all are. Absolutely. Absolutely. So war, give me um, give me some tips. I, I I am I am like subpar to mediocre on bass fishing. So I need tips from the great Wyatt. Well, you don't really have to know what to fish. Just the base. So Bass Pro, right? You have this huge line of baits. You don't know what to grab, right? Right. One of the most common baits that work work almost every single time is a drop shot. I'm pretty 
if you haven't heard of it, it's a little weight at the bottom, about eighth ounce usually. And then you have a little one-aught hook, and then you have a little worm, right? This is one of the most common, and this is the one I use a lot at most of my tournaments. And then if you just fish that, and there's one color that works the best almost every single time if you're at Lake Pleasant, Bartlett. It's usually either Morning Dawn or Oxblood Red Flake. It's Oxblood Red Flake is a more brown with a little red flake in it. And then Morning Dawn's like a pinkish color with sometimes a lime stripe. What, why do you think those work the best then? They're smaller and they're easier for the small bass to grab on and it just gives you a better chance of catching more bass. And usually that's what I do in the tournaments. I catch five fish and then work on my big one. Okay. Is there a cutoff on some of those tournaments where you, you're going for quantity or is it going for uh, weight? Weight, usually. Weight, usually, correct? Yeah. So we, we run basically uh, two kids on a boat. They're fishing as a team. We typically try and pair an older angler and a younger angler together uh, in juniors, and they're going for five fish combined. So combined weight, five fish total. Um, and, and what we've noticed there is that the older kids that have gone through the program are, are mentoring already at that age. We are huge on the sportsmanship and uh, the teaching moments with the kids. Awesome. You guys, if, if I remember correctly, just last couple weeks uh, here in Arizona, one of our local news stations had you guys on. Can you tell a little bit about that? Yeah, so it, that was a surprise. I got the, the call. We were supposed to go to Bass Pro for a photo op. Uh, they gave us some rods and reels to hand out to the kids at some of the community events that we do um, and, and showed up and basically, hey, News Channel 3 is here. We're going to be on there in like 90 seconds. So that, that, was, that was pretty neat off the cuff. Uh, I fumbled a little bit, but it is what it is. And I think uh, Channel 5 is supposed to be hitting us on uh, Friday at Cabela's this time. That's awesome. Did Channel you, 5 at 5. Yep. Did you get, how did you feel about your 15 seconds of fame, Wyatt? I wasn't actually there. I was down with a cold at home, so oh, that man. was a pain in the butt. So dad got all the glory? <laughs> yeah, but not this time. All this right. Friday I'm on. You're going to be there. Cabela's representing, right? Yes, sir. And uh, everybody that's listening, Wyatt has his uh, jersey on with all of his sponsors. Can you tell us a little bit about some of the sponsors that you have on uh, on your jersey? Actually, half of these are for the juniors. I'm representing half of them for the juniors. The big one right here, well, the big gray one is actually A&M Graphics. They're a really great company. They've been really loyal to me. They picked me up when I was like nine. Yeah, when you were about nine. Uh, just an awesome uh, Christian family, uh, solid family values. Uh, Andrew Napoleon is a Marine. Um, just a stand-up guy all the way around. He supports the community. He supports all the angling events, especially the juniors um, and Wyatt. Yeah, great guy. He, he, You know how you see those sponsored boats on the water, how they have these little, little cool wraps on them? Oh, yeah. He does those for a living right now, and they're amazing. Like All the, all the ranger boats and the, yeah. all so, the... Like Matt Shura and Johnny Johnson and uh, a lot of the guys that you see on the West Coast and some of the pro-ams, uh, he's pretty much the guy to go to if you want to have your vehicle or your boat wrapped. He just does an awesome job. He Guys buy older motorhomes, I mean, perfect for hunting guys, um, and he can do a full wrap on a motorhome and clean it up. It, it, it's just amazing. Wow. Is he here locally then? He yeah. is. He's out of Mesa. Okay. Okay. 
And tell me a little bit about some of the other sponsors you have on I there. have Signature Gates, which is owned by Kevin Finley. So he picked me up just this year, and it was amazing. I was completely shocked. We were actually at a restaurant, and my dad surprised me with this. So I always love doing that because I don't know when I'm, he's going to tell me this, and he tells me it out of the blue. So that was cool. Yeah, another uh, stand-up Christian guy, good solid values. Um, he usually picks up uh, one to two youth anglers to sponsor as well as a handful of adults. Um, but both of those companies and Great Embroidery is another one that he has. Um, they really just look for solid quality people that just want to give back. And, and, and I can't stress that enough. A lot of these young people are, you know, how do I get a sponsor? How do I get a sponsor? Um, and, and really it's not about how well you fish. It's how you present yourself and how you carry yourself and having that personality to give back. I mean, everybody's going to have a good day hunting, a good day fishing. You're going to have the bad days where you just don't get them. Um, and it's how you, how you carry yourself through those. And you can't help but notice on your left shoulder, there's a nice red, white, and blue great American flag. So I'm sure everybody, I know we've mentioned, uh, obviously this is Christian Hunters of America podcast and uh, we're faith-based and there's a lot of faith-based organizations out there that are in the hunting and outdoor industry and fishing. Um, can you tell a little bit about that and being patriotic and supporting veterans and supporting first responders? And Right. So there's a lot that goes into protecting our country. There's so much that they can, there's so much that you can do. And the fact that they are volunteering themselves up for protecting our families and our homes, and it's just amazing, right? We have people overseas, we have people at home, we have people out there all day working and putting up with a bunch of garbage that other people throw at them. <laughs> that is a good way of putting it, yeah, buddy. That is a good way. Have you made all these? You have a, a great head on your shoulders, and I'm sure your dad is extremely proud of you, but has, have you learned all this just like all your fishing from dad, or are you just this wise? I, I think it's just that general exposure. What we've noticed is that that angling community, that tight network, um, it's amazing how many people have that faith backing. Um, they really just want to do do their best for the country, do the best for each other. Um, you know, we we tossed it around. Typically, before we took over, there weren't prayers at the events, um, and so we took the leap of faith. Hey, we might upset some people, but hey, we're going to do a prayer at each event. Um, and now we're seeing that trend go into even the adult circuit. Right. So, and then we do Facebook Live at each one of our events. So, who knows how big that reach is? But to us, that you know, dropping of the seed, and hopefully somebody else will come in and add the dirt and water. That uh, eventually we might have some substantial growth and a, a solid base out of it. Right. Absolutely. And one of the biggest things that I'm most impressive is how you give back, and you kind of touched on that. Of it almost appears that you love bass fishing, but you almost love giving back more more than that. And I know you guys did a, a special event for a bunch of individuals that may not fully have the capabilities that we have. And you guys showed yeah. up at that park and had a bunch of people show up and taught yeah. them how to fish. And some were blind and some other things. So tell us about what it's like to be your age and have these adults that have limited capabilities. And basically, you're there to help teach them how to fish and help them through that whole process. It's an amazing experience, actually. It's it helping out people who don't who can't help like what 
can't can't really facilitate it themselves or haven't right. had the opportunity to get exposed um, just because you know either they were intimidated or they just didn't have access to uh, be exposed to that right. arena and it's an amazing thing that you guys put on and there's so much thing great things about it like Matt showed up and there's camera guys there's shows going on it was amazing and I'm with my person, I was so happy. She got to catch three fish, I believe, and she was so happy with that. She got to shoot a BB gun at a target, which is cool because she was blinding, so we could could just coach her up, down, left, or right, which was an amazing experience. We, I loved helping out with that. That was an amazing time. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. That's no, an amazing. That's true. Experience. It, it changes you, huh? It gives you a yeah. whole different perspective, and it makes you realize, you know, when God gives us good health and the capabilities that, you know, we are definitely blessed by that. And I think that showed in some of the Facebook Live and some of the pictures you guys posted. I mean, as you said, you know, to be blind and be able to go fish, and then having somebody tie your hook and show them how to throw the line out there, then reel it in, then have their picture, and then taking pictures with it. I mean, how exciting and have that opportunity, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. Then you guys do some other volunteer stuff too, right? You go yeah, I volunteer for Wild West Bass Trail and Bass Chunkies and JML. Amazing time. Get I get to help out, and it's amazing for me. I love I love helping out Wild West and Bass Chunkies and JML. It's just an amazing experience. What is JML? JML is a. It's just another uh, bass, bass circuit. circuit. Basically, they have a weekend warrior circuit for uh, guys that may be uh, just starting out or they want to kind of step up the game. Uh, basically, their format is, okay, you can't be a guide and you can't win over a certain dollar amount or else you're kind of booted out. So a great entry-level circuit to get into, uh, and there's some solid fishermen in there. Um, but just another option for people to get out and fish. Uh, and that's what I would say. There's a there's a ton of clubs. I mean, I started with Lawman's Bass Club, uh, just a great group of guys, kind of a show up, 15 boats, fish, and a, a smaller pot, but it was more about that camaraderie side of it. What's your favorite lake? I got a two-part question. Your favorite lake here in Arizona and your favorite lake for bass fishing outside of the state, outside of Arizona. Well, I've only been to one out of state. So okay, well then that's your that's favorite, the, right? right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the one that I love the most in Arizona is probably Roosevelt right now because it's an amazing lake. There's so much coverage. It's nicer out there, and there's so many different things there. They got big trees, little trees. They have open water. They have beaches. They have rock. They have all these different ledges and staircase-looking deals. It's an amazing idea for the bass to go hide in and there's amazing spots that I can just go and catch fish and it's an amazing spot amazing time there and that's one tournament that I got third place this year at oh congratulations yeah and then my favorite the favorite one out of state is going to be thousand Thousand acre recreation lake and and that's what's kind of cool about some of the you know mapping and technology that we have now is uh, when we went out there, we were kind of clueless, but we were able to jump on uh, Google, Google Earth and kind of back off that time lapse and uncover the old farmland and pinpoint roads. Uh, the same way, same way that you guys do, looking at topo maps and looking at uh, GPS and Google Earth. Yeah, a lot. We call it e-scouting a little bit, right? You're using the electronics to your advantage. Google Earth, you can see all the topography. You can see the changes. 
Um, from a hunting standpoint, you can see the ledges, you can see where it casts a shadow, you can see how high you got to climb, how much you got to work out before you go tackle that mountain. But you can see different, uh, different landscapes and habitats for that water too, right? Because certain Same. species, those big guys big got guys big from not being caught all the time, right. just like a big bull elk or a big buck that they're smart. Um, do you find that the same where you got to you got to fish a little bit harder or find a harder spot to get those big yeah, five and six pounders? Yeah, I actually have only caught in one five pounder in my entire life and I was eight and well, kind of he hooked it. I got it in. It felt like a brick house coming in here. <laughs> Thing weighed like a ton. Especially on what pound test are you using on a five pound fish? I think it was like a 10 pound, 10 pound test, test. Yeah. on a spinnerbait. On I mean. a spinnerbait, yeah. It was fun though. Bent that pole a little bit, right? Yeah. Tacoed it. It was tacoed pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Now, do you, do you target smallmouth differently than largemouth, or are you kind of? Okay. Uh, for smallmouth, I kind of look in more of a shallow area because that's the only time I've ever caught in smallmouth at. It was in a shallower area, and I have never yet to seen a deep smallmouth. Yeah, I think. He probably leans a little bit heavier on the largemouth um, during mm-hmm. tournament times. The the, the smallmouths are going to rove a little bit more. Um, you know, the largemouths are kind of like the fat old couch potato. You know, right. they, you know, they're like I'm the big dog of the house, and I'm just going to sit here until somebody makes me move. So you got to put that that lure right in front of them because they don't want to have to work too hard for it. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. So it's all being at the right place at the right time and. That's how we've noticed it in pre-fish. If we catch a fish at like four in the morning after we get out there or something like that, we know that we're not going to be able to fish that in the tournament, but there might be still fish there in the evening. And we got to kind of time it out evenly where if it's late, we got to catch it towards the end of the day. Early, catch them towards the earliest of the days. Yeah, so depending on where you're at on the lake, they're all going to have a little bit of a different feeding time. Um, and, and some of that could be because of shade or boat traffic or anything anything of the sort, um, you know, whether they're pumping out of that reservoir at that specific time. Um, anytime you get flow, that's a, that's a big game changer. It kind of activates the ship or the fish and gets the uh, plankton and stuff moving around. They, they just kind of start to plankton. start to eat up. Yeah, I, I can see that. Now, um, what are you looking at when you're when you're seeing different things? Uh, are you looking? How do you how do you find or how do you protect that honey hole with with it being a wide open space on a lake where everybody can see you? Uh, there is no possible way. No to possible do that. way to and everybody sees whether you're you're catching a fish or you're not. Right. There's no way to hide you catching a fish. So you're trying to get out there early or stay a little bit later when people right. are. Or sleeping in. in or going in a little little yeah. bit too early. Don't let him fool you. He'll shake him off in practice if there's a boat near us. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I'll go, get off, get off, get off, get off. What do you do in order to get it off? Are you trying to... Shake it. You just, okay. Shake it. For off. everybody that can't uh, see you demonstrating that, can you articulate or... You just or... twist the rod back and forth until the hook kind of wobbles out. And if they're fighting, they're gonna it's going to pop off eventually in a matter of probably seconds if you keep shaking the rod back and forth and back and forth. Okay. Yeah. So if you're trying to keep, catch a fish, you know, keep tension on. If you want to lose fish, then keep give them slack. And twist the rod. <laughs> okay. 
don't set the drag and just let them run and don't try to reel them in, right? Right. How about what? Are, what are your thoughts on striped bass? Are you just a mm. fisherman, period, or do you not like them, or do you? They're. I have yet to catch one. Okay. If I'm being dead honest, it'd probably feel weird because they're big and they're strong. Right. Yeah. yeah. If you thought a five pound largemouth was well, bending that pole, imagine what a twenty pound striper will feel like. Yeah. If we don't really target them, um, you know, they're invasive, so. Have fun! Have fun with them. I mean, they're great to eat, right? Yeah, they are. <laughs> nice delicious. white fillets, right? No, we did tacos with them. They were good. They were really good. Yep. So my question, I've always wondered about this. So I watch you, all these juniors come in with all these bags of fish, mm-hmm. and I just want to go sit right there at the dock when you guys let them all go and catch them all. So is that something that people do, or what happens to the fish when you let them all go? Typically. Uh, so what's the? It depends on the circuit. <clears throat> If it's JML, there's a truck, and we dump out them with a net, right? And if it's Wild West, we have a giant release boat. It, we pull a lid, and they all just shoot out in, like, a giant star formation. It, one go that way, one six of them go this way. It's amazing. You just see a spoosh of just black backs just going every which direction. It's, it's amazing because they're all stunned at first, so they just go... And it's amazing. It's like they're falling off an imaginary waterfall almost. So that's a good place to go fish, or are they going to go back to where they normally they're, were caught? Or they, they will migrate? stay pretty close to where they were left out. Yeah, so you, there's been some studies on that stuff. Um, and typically, like, at least a month or so, they're going to stay relatively close to where you're, you're dumping them back in. That's what's cool about the Wild West boat is it's got the aerators and uh, insulated tanks and stuff on it. Uh, they do a great job of keeping the fish alive. Um, in California, there was actually a rule, and I think it was, you know, they couldn't be out of the water more than two minutes from the time that they get off of the ramp, and then they go through the weigh-in process and then get into that holding tank. Um, and they, their game and fish timed us, and they had it down to, like, 45 seconds. So um, it was the only exposure that they had being out of the water. Um, and then they take them out past the, the no-wake buoys and, and release them out into that deeper water to kind of get them to spread out Let's a little go. bit easier. That's great. It's good good information to know. So how do people find out? So let's say there's some listeners on here and they got kids and like we want to get involved with you guys. And so so how we would have, they get a hold of you guys? So you guys we have on a social website. Media? Yeah, we have a website. We have two social media accounts on Facebook and uh, Instagram. Feel free to follow us on both. It's an amazing circuit. It and then our website, you can probably talk more about that. Yeah, so we have uh, Phoenix Junior Bass Masters is basically the younger kids, 8th to 8th grade. And then we also have Arizona High School Bass Masters, which is basically freshman in high school to senior in high school. Um, so you can Google those. There's web pages for each one of them. Uh, again, Facebook and Instagram for both of those accounts. And then uh, Wild West Bass Youth Series is the, the brand new one that we're going to be following this year. We aren't going to be following uh, TBF and Bass this year. Um, just merely because it was hard to send so many kids back there to try and go for that same pool of scholarship money. Basically, the whole cost of the trip, they would be losing if they won. Um, so just try and get some more exposure on the West Coast and get these kids uh, some, some more college opportunities. What are some of the colleges, now that we're talking about that, that, that offer these types of scholarships? Because that's not something that's common out ASU West. ASU does? one, yes. Uh, USC, USC. Um, there's been a couple of 
kids that are going to USC, I think, on full ride scholarships. Bethel is a huge one, and what we've Bethel's noticed is huge. what we've noticed is a handful of the schools that are you know Texas and East, they are looking for the kids from the West Coast, really, um, because they offer a little bit different style. So their fisheries fish completely different. So they're kind of a wild card, you know. A kid that fishes in Alabama is going to fish like a kid in Georgia, is going to fish like a kid in Tennessee. But when you come out here and you have a deep water impoundment with rock and crystal clear water, that adds a totally different mindset and a totally different uh, aptitude and patience level than when you ha have fisheries that are just loaded with bass. Different right. approach to the game. Exactly. Right? Right. So that's your, are you going to be a a trojan or are you going to be a sun devil then or are you going to be a boat or mechanic uh, we'll see <laughs> i i might go pro i'm thinking all right what's your favorite boat then uh it's obviously a champion champion, champion boats? boats were and still are amazing like we're looking for a 2008 champions we want that one so bad because we have a 1990. Yep, we're rolling old school in a 91 yeah. champion right now. Um, but, it, you know, uh, Ace with Wickenburg Marine, you know, is uh, one of his sponsors. And he, he believes the same mindset. Hey, teach him how to work on stuff. You know, you don't want to be the guy that goes and buys the fancy boat and, you know, get stranded or have to call somebody every time. Yeah. Um, and so he's trying to instill some work ethic in Wyatt and takes the time. He's already broken down lower units and rebuilt carbs on boats and, Awesome. Um, Those are life skills that yeah, you can never, yeah. never take away from you. Those Oops. transcend into anything that, that your future holds. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we're rolling in an older boat and, you know, trying to teach, hey, solid work ethic and work hard and clean it up and, you know, make that diamond in the rough shine. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nope. nothing wrong with that. It's still catching fish, right? And it oh, still yeah. gets you out in that water, right? Oh, yeah, we just got an, our first Ultrex, so this is going to be fun. Okay. When you get into those shallow areas, are you just kind of setting the anchor, or are you guys using the trolling motor? What, what's your approach? When I you guys usually are... just kind of cruise up on it and then just kind of fall back and then cruise up on it. Because, it, one, it's, it's less loud, and it's easier to, like, it fishes more spots, and as you're falling back, you can easily just fish all the areas back and forth. And then you just move forward, do the same thing, all the way back to where your lower unit should be where your front of your trolling motor was last time. Dad's yeah. having you fix carburetors and whatnot. Is Dad letting you uh, drive the boat and operate the, sometimes, the trolling motor? Sometimes. Trolling motor, yes. I can launch the boat with a trolling motor, which is nice. I've yet to dock it, our newer boat, this one, and I've docked a gigantic uh, fish and ski. ski, but I cannot dock a darn champion worth a darn. That's all right. Practice makes <laughs> yeah. perfect. You're well, only 12. That's all the difference in power steering and non-power steering or yes. hydraulic steering, you know? Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a little bit more challenging to drive when you don't have that hydraulic steering. But, he, you know, he was talking about when he's in the shallows, it's just like, you need to stay off that trolling motor because they're going to hear that. It'd just be like you guys going and crunching a bunch of branches as you're trying to sneak up on something. So right. you kind of plan that approach, kind of coast in, dial that trolling motor back down so it's not making a whole bunch of noise. Yeah, go um, deep and then cruise back in backwards shallow. And, and people don't even think about their electronics. So if you're fishing shallow and your electronics aren't going to be of use, turn that off. They can hear that, that pinging of the sonar. Bing. 
That's the fish finder then, right? Yep. They've made quieter ones, but just turn them off. If you know that's two feet, then why do anything? Why risk it? Why right. risk it, yeah. So the if fish you're can feel and off, hear those yes. then, correct? Yeah, they don't have ears, but they have a little line on their like back and their sides that pick up vibrations, kind of like your eardrums. Mm-hmm. They can't physically hear what you're doing, but they can tell. Just like when uh, a predator's coming after them and they can't see it necessarily, but they can feel the movement, or when right. you step into the water, they can feel that and, yep. and or see you. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense. Can you guys leave us with some any parting words or any any topics that you guys want to discuss that we haven't I th- asked? I think uh, just kids that are out there, you know, we have a lot of moms and dads that may not have been fishermen so reach out ask questions we're really responsive on the facebook page um if you want to come check us out come check us out uh like i said i have talked to a couple hundred people a year just with general questions we'll get you out there get you started uh see if it's see if it's a good fit yeah you don't have to have a boat um we actually run a, a draw portion as well so if you're a parent and you don't have a boat um don't worry about it we can we can still get you in Uh, We do have to limit those numbers because it's hard to get volunteer captains sometimes, but we try and have an option to where if you don't have a boat, we can still get you on the water and still have you compete and and start building those relationships. Yep. Fantastic, man. I've learned so much today, and we are super honored to partner with you guys and have you guys here today. So, And uh, we're going to end with a prayer because as uh, you guys do in yours, you guys start with prayer, we're going to end with prayer. So would you like to join us in prayer? Yep. All right. You want to pray for us, Wyatt, or do you want me to? Uh, you can do it, Mike. All right. All right. Lord God in heaven, we just uh, we love you, Lord, and we just uh, thank you, Lord, for so many opportunities, Lord, in, in your incredible creation, Lord. And as you know that we started this podcast as a group of hunters, Lord, to basically bring glory to you, Lord. But as we know that there are so many other avenues that people may go, and, and we know that your foundation is family, Lord, and the Phoenix Junior Bassmasters, they are a foundation of family, of empowering uh, the children, Lord, and the, and the kids, Lord, to give them that opportunity. And and as Wyatt started it out, Lord, that through this journey that he's learned as he's learning to have confidence, Lord, and, and self-worth and, and to have understanding and all of those characteristics that you'd want each of us to have, Lord. And, and I do believe that through this uh, opportunity, through the Junior Phoenix Bassmasters, Lord, that, that this foundation that's laying in these, these children, Lord, that in the name of fishing, that they will become powerful leaders and, and difference makers in our communities just based on the foundation that they're having there, Lord. So I just ask that you bless all of those that are part of the organization, Lord, and we just ask that you would bless all those that may be empowered to come join and have that, allow them to have that same opportunities. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Christian Hunters of America podcast. If you have any prayer requests or you require any information, Please look us up on ChristianHuntersOfAmerica.org or you can reach us on Facebook or Instagram under Christian Hunters of America.